finally, we see the third category of people, that person that came to meet Jesus in verse 28, a scribe. One of the scribes, of one of the teachers of religious laws, was standing there listening to the debates. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all commandments, which is the most important? When you look at this text, what does this tell you about the manner in which this person came to ask a question? So I want us to look at two things. What does it say about the manner and what does it say about the procedure of question? Can feel free to read it again. I think from the way he asked the question, I think he was genuinely inquisitive, like he really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. What can he, what does he also tell you about the process in which he asked the question? This is still Mark. This is Mark, Mark 12, 28. Look at the process because the text actually describes the process. Does anybody notice that? He first Um, observed, um, how Jesus answered the other people mm -hmm. before he asked his own question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He observed. He observed, but then now look at it again. What questions would you ask when you're looking at this particular text? Now, comparing with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, what does it? What kind of questions do you ask when you're looking at verse 28? With a scribe. With a scribe. Yeah. With a scribe. Yes, Zami, Naomi. Um, I think that the scribe was really, he was trying to probe deeper, like to confirm things that he had been reading. Mm-hmm. He had been reading, um, reading in the text. So, because mm-hmm. looking at the way Jesus answered him and the way Jesus responded, Jesus said he, he, um, he asked wisely and that he's not far from the kingdom of God. So that shows, that shows that he, um, just like when the Bible says that the simple believes everything, but the wise, like they probe deeper. So after reasoning and everybody, oh, this one yeah. answered these people like this. He answered these people like this. That means okay, I can, I can, mm-hmm. I can go back to what I, what I've read, what I thought I understood. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this man. He seems wise. Let me come back mm-hmm. to God with my questions. Let me come back with what my pastor preached ten years back. Let me come back to what mm-hmm. I did about giving and tithing. Let me ask God again. Let me ask God again. Let me engage Him. What does tithing really mean? What does loving God? What does Shema? What does the um, Shema prayer? What does it mean? So, mm-hmm. so, from the way Jesus answered Him, you can get that this is the process. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, Naomi, Gloria. Okay. So why this question? Why why is he asking um first of all, like what is the greatest commandment or which is the first mm-hmm. commandment of all? Like why is he asking about the commandments? Why is he asking this particular question? Because he's been there for a while, I guess, like listening mm-hmm. to everybody and listening to all of their questions why is his questions so different from you know the other people mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And why is he also so different from the other people? Because he's different. Yeah. He's, he's just yeah. different. Yeah. Absolutely. He's quite different. Yeah. Thank you. Gloria. Um, so I just wanted to make a comment that like, um, you know, it says that he realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked and I was just like, you know, I feel like he got to the point after listening to everything that had gone on where he's like, this man actually has the answers. Like mm-hmm. he actually has the answers. So I can come to him with my questions, knowing that he has the right answers for me. He has mm-hmm. answers that will make meaning. And so just he, because he did have a question, but he wanted to know that he could trust this man with like, who would give him a right answer. So he came to Jesus with a question, but with an attitude that this man would give him a right answer. I just thought that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there was trust. There was trust and there was knowledge of the person that he was, um, that he had come to. So you see, it's amazing. Like now we don't even have to talk so much because now just asking all these questions and following the, you know, everything that has been happening. He was singled out. Yeah, he wasn't grouped to the rest. It means it was genuine in his question. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's amazing how, how, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that at the beginning when we came to this text, it was like, oh, what is this going to be about? And now, like, it just kind of feels like we are engaging. You know, for some of us, it just feels like we are there with um Jesus, you know. Um and we're just in that crowd that we're observing everything. I don't know if anybody actually has that feeling, but you know, every time I study this text, I just sometimes feel like I'm in the crowd and I'm just looking at everybody's expression, you know, just just having that um, you know. So yeah, one of the teachers of the religious laws is scribe. Um, you know, was standing there listening to the debate. And this text always, always reminds me. I remember one time I was um okay yeah so when i was doing uh a writing on you know um the book shema you know i was doing a study on this and the lord took me to hebrews 5 i actually never saw that play out in the text hebrews 5 verse 12 it says um for 13 he says for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food, best 14. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. This is Hebrews 5 verse 14. Um, when I mind, you know, it just came to heart. Um, strongly belongs to those who by training and, you know, and who by using or utilization have trained their skills. That's literally what we're seeing here. A scribe, unlike the Sadducees, the Pharisees, uh, you know, all of them, a scribe was the one that documented what they read. Right? A scribe was literally responsible for documenting what we have as Torah. So in our, our time and in our age, we have the Bible written in books and um, printed. In fact, this is where the idea came from. This letter back came from the original context of the Torah because the Torah were written or the Torah was written on animal skin. And that's why oftentimes when they had the animal, they would dry it and then they would use the skin as paper. So what it was is the, this is like the process. I mean, I kind of feel like this is, they want it to be the closest to the Torah as possible. So they would have the skin just 
on a big, huge table. And so if you've probably noticed all these Babylonian movies, Roman movies, you'll notice that in the hallway, right, you see like stools and you see men seated on the floor with their scarf and like pens and inks. And has anybody seen any type of movie like that? <laughs> Let me not go and expose myself. Am I the only one that sees that kind of movie? Does anybody see that kind of movie? Has anyone seen any movie like that before? So like where the king sits in, you'll see like men sitting on the floor, lots of them. And they'll sit on the floor with their scarf and you see them with ink, you know. Nobody has seen, only spicy. Dear God, I don't disgrace my life. Anyway, they like movies like that, right? Um, you probably see them. You probably, anyone, if you've never seen, um, in one night with the king, go and look at it. It's really cool. So if you've seen any movies like that, you see them, you, at one, in just one era, you see them seated on the floor with stools and then they have papers in front of them and they just write and write. That's what they do. That's their responsibility to write. When there's a judgment, they write. When there is a pronunciation, they write. When there is blessing, they write. When there's promotion, they, that's what they do. Everything that happened, they write. So this man, that was his job. And at the time, the way scribes worked, just show you how diligent they were, two scribes will work on a particular text. So one will be here, another one will be here. The one in front will start, right? And as he starts, he's passing it on because he's from left to right. So the one, no, sorry, from left to right. So the one behind will start. And as he starts, the one in front is cross-checking what he's writing and is correcting it if at all there's any need for correction. So if you see the original Torah, you'll see a lot of inks, you know, sometimes. And the inks is just correction of the Aleph beds because they had to be very careful about the utilization of Aleph beds. So, for example, Aleph beds is the alphabet, Hebrew alphabet. So, for example, there's an alphabet in, there's an Aleph bet in Hebrew that is Mem, M-E-M, right? Now, Mem... Is, is, it looks like a seven and then it comes in. There's, there are some men that actually are open. So you see like a closing on the left side and there are some men that are left open. Some are left, some have closed, some are closed with no opening and some are open with, you know, with, I mean, with a space. Now, sometimes you, you see with the correction, they will write, you know, the men and they will leave it open and then somebody will close it and you see the correction there. Um, that's because the, 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 the teachers or the scribes, they know how many closed men are in the Old Testament. Okay, it's so precious. They know how many closed men are in the Old Testament. They know where these closed men are, right? That's how detailed that they, that, that's how detailed they are. And when they are writing, there's no chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. You, they don't, they write in books. So the entire books of Moses is an ongoing book. There is no full stop. So it just keeps going, right? And then it finally ends in Deuteronomy when Moses dies. So they actually pay attention to all these things. So if one person misses something, you know, um, or yours is your case, <laughs> you are on your own and it requires, so you can imagine the skill, the attention, the commitment, the dedication that these people paid to the Torah. And that's why when, 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 you know, I was going through this and then I just went back to the Hebrews 5 verse 14 and I read that scripture again. Strong meat belongs to those 
through by reason of use have trained their skills to discern or separate good from evil. So this man had paid so much details all his life and he, he wasn't just writing, he was also reading, he was also studying because the Torah wasn't something that was kept in people's homes. It was kept in the synagogue and you know, it was the limited access to the priests, the kings, the prophets and scribes and religious leaders. So it wasn't something that was for everybody. So now I just really want you to imagine the life of Jesus and how much he knew about the scriptures. So imagine the commitment he gave. Imagine how many hours, day and night, he spent in the synagogue. Imagine what his life must have been like when he was away, before he was 30 and went into ministry. That was a lifelong of commitment to the text, a lifelong of commitment to the teachings of God. The same thing with Paul. Remember Paul said he was a student of Gamaliel. Gamaliel was one of the greatest teachers at the time. So these people gave their lives and everything that they had, you know, to just learning, 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 learning about the teachings of God from the patriarchs of old, from all these people. And you remember that Jesus, when he was teaching, Jesus never said, it was never said of Jesus that, and he turned to the books. That was only written once. And that was when he was reading in the synagogue, doing one of their, you know, public readings. Um, he says he, he turned to the books that was written of him. That was under after Right. So Jesus, <laughs> Jesus was, you, you not, you not see him, all these things that he was busy quoting to people. He wasn't saying, wait first, I'm coming. Let me look at it. Okay. Where is it now? Give me a second. <laughs> I appreciate myself. Anyways, that's literally, you know, Jesus, um, absolutely wholly committed to everything that he thought, everything that was written in the books, everything. And so you can imagine the years and dedication that it took. So imagine the dedication that this scribe had or the commitments that he had. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. This person knew, right? Just by just by writing over and over and over and over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. Writing, reading, writing, hearing, his life was literally revolved around the Torah. And his fingers must have been filled with inks because they don't, it's not pen that we have now. You know, it was, it was quite inkish, messy and everything. This was someone that was committed to it. And so when he, he, you look at the way he, he asked his question, he, he read Jesus. He observed Jesus. He didn't say what. He didn't say any of those things. He just observed. And by observing, you know, in addition to the things that he was committed to, in just observing, he trusted that Jesus would answer him. You know, like we said. And so when he even asked the question, he said, please, I would like to know what is the greatest commandment? What is the most important? What is the principle? What is the foundational commandment? You know, and that must have been a very big burden on his heart because just observing the life of Jesus, you know, listening to what the Pharisees were doing, what the Sadducees were doing. These are supposed to be like committed, right? These are supposed to be the ones that are given to God. These are the ones that are supposed to be the ones that we should be looking up to with everything that is happening in the system right now, with everything that is happening in Jerusalem. What can you tell me? 
is the most important thing. What is God looking for? What is God looking for? And so this influences Jesus' teachings. And that's why Jesus starts off with the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. What he's saying is, first of all, I know that you're a man of studies. I know that you're a man that is given to the teachings. So I will say this and you will recognize what I'm trying to say and the gravity of what I'm trying to say. And so when he says these things to him, the man says, oh, yes, indeed. He listens. He echoes. He mutters what Jesus says. He literally says it back to him. You know, he mutters it just to say, oh, I was actually listening and I was paying my. And says, oh, absolutely, indeed. This is God's priority. And Jesus says, you have asked such a wise, brilliant question. And you're not far from the kingdom of God. That is the revelation of the mystery of God, um, you know, that is being birthed within. So when we even look at that and we look at our lives, you know, that's literally a beautiful template for asking questions. You know, you just don't, you just don't barge in and start asking questions like you're asking your houseboy. You know, you observe, you look at the context. What is this drama that is happening in this text? What is God doing here? Like, I really want to understand. I want to make sense of this thing. What is this drama? What is this thing going on here? You know, you observe, like what we said at the beginning. You read the text. You observe. You go back. You read it. You read the full chapter. If possible, you go to the previous chapter. If it's, you can read the last verse, read it. Come back again. You mutter what you read. Say it to yourself. You know, think about it. Reason it. It's in the place of reasoning that you start to have your questions. You reason it. You start to have your questions. When you have your questions, you write them down. And it's important to know that there is a God that answers and he's capable, unless you don't think he is. He's capable of answering and he's inviting you to wrestle. And that means that you have to be patient and careful to follow his thought process and how he's taking you through the answers. So that's now like the acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit is so important in study. Study is not for you to, for us to come and sit down and feel good about ourselves. The Holy Spirit is so amazing. He's so amazing. He's so amazing. <laughs> right? He's so amazing the holy spirit can help you find a pain in a haystack that's how detailed he is and the holy spirit is the one that was at the beginning of creation that's how informed he is he's willing more than willing to be a teacher when you want to be a student and so how your student is observing listening Paying attention to details. You don't have to ask the most intelligent question. Don't be pressured into, oh, my question must be boom. You know, it must land. It must hit like this. When I read the question, I say, hey, this question. You know, it doesn't have to be. It can just be a simple question. Please, I need to understand. Just like, you know, what, you know, confidence said. What is it? Confidence. I need confidence and Zami that asked that question. What does Caesar represent in my life? You know, who was Caesar? Who are these people? I don't know them. I've never, I don't know, I've never heard of a shepherd before. He should be our safe space where we can ask questions without feeling ashamed. 
even when we're asking in the midst of people, don't be ashamed of asking. If I'm going to be honest, some of us, the pressure we feel regarding study is how we've seen it, how we think about it. We think it's work. It has to be perfect. I have to sound some type of way. I have to be intelligent. I have to sound smart. I have to ask all those questions. But God already knows that you don't have sense. Why are you trying to act like you have sense? Eh? <laughs> he already knows that the questions that you have, he always, he's always hanging like this. He likes it. He likes it because it's when you don't have sense that he will give you sense. It's when your questions are doing like this. that He will teach you. He will show you. But the only thing, he just needs you to show up. Just come. And don't put this pressure on yourself. Like, you know, it just really, really hurts when I see people with just, oh, my God, I'm, I feel so, you know, I don't know. Am I asking the wrong thing? Am I doing this? I don't, am I, am I, that? am I doing this? I don't do that. He's, he, God already knows. God already knows. You know, God already knows. He knows that don't, hey, don't form. Don't package. Just ask your question like that. I think it was Iyori. I don't know if Iyori is still here. Iyori sent me a dream yesterday. In the dream, she was speaking pidgin English. She said, ah, oh, more this dream off me. <laughs> I love this. That was the first thing I said. Oh, more this dream off me, Sha. <laughs> I think Jesus Christ. But it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was something. It was like this thing. <laughs> the beginning, when I just saw the beginning, I was like, oh my God, Iyori, you just have to bring this here. But God doesn't need anybody to pack it because he already knows. He knows. He knows. You know? So don't, don't, don't form around him. Just, he just asking us to observe. He's asking us to pay attention just like this scribe. Every single time you can always go back and just look at the process. And you know, I'm very, I, I pray that the Lord is going to expand your understanding and will show you deeper things. But then just go and look at it. Sometimes you don't even have to have the questions immediately. You just need to observe. You just need to read it. Go back. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it a lot. Just don't rush through the text. Just think about it. Sometimes just I've been thinking, I've been thinking about um, David and Bathsheba. I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been thinking about that a lot. You know, you think about it, you go back again, you read, you start to see details you missed out. You know, you go back, you check other translations, you see things you missed out, have conversations with your friends, ask them, what do you think about this thing? You know, I've been thinking about this thing a lot and you just stay there and don't rush. It doesn't mean that you can't read other texts. You can, but don't just look at it and walk away. You're being unfair to yourself. Don't look at it and walk away. You know, know that there is a God and that God is teacher through the Holy Spirit that is more legible than you, that has more sense than you have, that is wiser than you and is willing to teach you when you're available or when you show up as a student. And so in knowing that, you know, that starts to stir up your heart. He starts to stir up your heart to take your study time very 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 seriously um not want to joke with so um that's that we describe that's that with the holy spirit i really hope that you know we grasped that um and then so i'm just going to talk about 
four things. One is journaling. Um, in asking questions, journal, write down questions, write down, write down, write down. Don't stop writing down your questions. Write down your questions. When you write down your questions, the next thing you do is wait. Be patient. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Lead. Listen to how he leads you through the text. Listen to how he leads you to other texts. Listen to the things that come to heart. Oh, I feel like I need to do a study on this thing. Oh, I, I just see this word and I feel like I need to ask questions or I need to write down these questions or what comes to mind when I write these questions down. The third thing is when you ask your questions, expect an answer. Don't just don't think that oh i'm not going to get answers expect answers look out for answers you know um sometimes you have google which is a good thing you can go online you can read but then still look out for how the lord leads you um you know through the whole process of studying um another thing is get study partners so that's why we have clusters you know in bsb study with them ask people questions in your clusters have friends that you study with you know, have all these things going on for you so that you don't just study in isolation. Sometimes you might just not feel like it, but people's energy, people's joy, people's enthusiasm can also help, you know, um, in, in boosting you and pulling you up. So you need study partners. You need people that you study with, people that you discuss with, people you ask questions and don't be afraid of you know looking like a small-minded person it's okay to be small-minded you know god always enlarges the small-minded man so if you are small-minded there's nothing wrong with that um to just know that god is not going to leave you like that okay to have your study partners and then pray pray oftentimes we talk about all these things but we don't talk about prayer prayer is so essential in study there's a prayer that the lord taught me some time ago some years ago Open my eyes to see, open my ears to hear, open my heart to receive the knowledge in your word. And I say that every time, every single time before I read a book, before I study anything at all, I just pray. Even while I'm praying, sometimes when I get find myself stuck, I just say that prayer, open my eyes to see, open my ears to hear, open my heart to receive the wisdom in your word. I say that prayer, even in the midst, I might be frozen and you might just see me, if maybe you're around me and you see me studying, you probably just see me muttering that, you know, um, I say that all the time. I say that prayer all the time because no knowledge, no wisdom, no understanding comes from myself. It comes from God and he reveals it within me. So, you know, it's important that I acknowledge that he's teacher in that um and then what else again what else again i just remembered something um yeah so i spoke about prayer um yes i spoke about prayer you know I spoke about study partners I spoke about asking questions the right way I spoke about journaling um there's something else that i'm trying to remember yes there's often that question when do i study with my tight schedule i'll tell you for free study all the time and what studying all the time feels like is meditating so for example we've had a conversation on this if you're really working and you have like a lot of work to do as you're working you can meditate you can mutter the words you can say them to yourself you don't have to wait for a ceremony to study don't do that you will just be you'll be postponing and when it finally comes your heart and everything bing bing you say ah jesus so i've not read before i feel like a sinner i feel like i'm using god that's so you go cry 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 and talk bible sleep 
You wake up in the morning, you feel worse than you felt before you cried. So don't do that to your life. Don't do that. Um, study whenever. That's, it's good that you're in communities. It's amazing. Sometimes someone can post something and you just take it with you and meditate on it. Is this answer that I always give when people ask, when do I study? And it's from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says that you shall take this word, you shall bind them to your heart. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Listen, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And you commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these teachings that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again. That's meditate on them, mutter them. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This is always the answer. This is in fact the answer that the Lord gave me one time when I was saying, oh, how do I, how do I arrange my study time? And the Lord said, go to that text, read it. So literally, it's my life. And that's why I enjoy studies with everybody. I enjoy studies with people, you know, because it literally, my life revolves around study. Study doesn't revolve around my life. My life revolves around fellowship with God. So that's, it's, a, it's going to really help you and it's going to take a lot of pressure off your back. Even when you're working, you can be thinking about a text. You can have it on audio. You can, you know, even when you're doing that, you can just be muttering a word. It might just be as simple as the Lord is my shepherd. One day, light will just break. And something that you actually never knew about shepherd will just, you know, the Lord is my. You might just be one day, you just be like, my, oh my God, that's ownership. You know, that's so personal. You might hear someone talk, saying that thing and crying. And to you, you're just like, um, I'm waiting for the revelation here. But guess what? On your own, because that person has received the revelation from God. You, you are just waiting. You think that what they are saying is nothing. To them, to that person, it has already been born within them. It's better for A to be born within me than for me to know A to Z and nothing has formed within my heart. So, you know, meditation is so key. It's in that place of, you know, muttering that word, thinking about it, playing it over and over and over and over again in your heart. There's so much that God wants to teach us. So that's literally the answer that I, I always give because that's what the Lord gave to me. Bind them. Talk about them when you sleep, when you wake up, when you do any of these things. I'll tell you for free. Every time I am stressed out and I go to the word, I just feel relieved. And every time I am stressed out, I, I just start feeling restless. You might, I would just start saying it. I need to study. I need to study. I need to pray. I need to study. You know, that restlessness, it just, just kind of feels like something is missing, you know, in my life. So, um, you know, that's where I'm going to end today. Acknowledging, knowing the kind of questions you ask by observing, monitoring, reading the context over and over and over again, including all the things that we've spoken about. And, you know, cross-referencing, um, comparing scriptures, law of first mention, shrinking pearls. If you've not listened to it, they are in the previous sessions that we've had. It would be very helpful. Um, you know, all these things just tie up nicely with this, the questions, how it leads us to the questions that we ask.
And who are we asking? Do we trust this person? If we trust the person, what is our response? Are we writing our questions down? Are we expecting answers? Are we trusting him to lead us? Are we patient with him? Um, and then are we praying? Um, it's just that simple prayer, you know, you can do that. You can do something. You can pray something else that he inspires you to, but that's been my prayer for years. You know, been my prayer for what, maybe five years? Four, I don't know, but it's been my prayer for years. So, I mean, feel free to adopt it. Um, yeah, so pray. Are you praying? And then, do you need a ceremony to study? You really don't need a ceremony to study. And for some people, have a ring. Is that idea, you know, what letter Barim is this idea of studying with friends. You know, you can invite your friends over to to lunch and just talk about scriptures. That's been my that's my greatest, deepest desire. You know, to just see people that talk about scriptures and desire God and just want to be like him and want to be him. I want to want God or Christ that be revealed within them to be revealed to the world. You know, just this thing where study is a culture and it's normal. You know, it is normal. It is a culture and it should be normal. It should be something that we should encourage amongst ourselves. And we should all take that responsibility to support one another. That's the idea of harboring. So, um, I'm really hoping all these things will help. I know I just remember somebody's question on meditation. How do I, no, sorry, how do I remember memory? How do I remember what I study? Muttering them. That's why I said it's good to read the Bible aloud. Muttering it, staying on it, and don't, and still don't be impatient with it. Also, having conversations around it. You can have a conversation with a friend. You can talk to them about it. You can say all these things to them. You know, share it with them. Share with someone. You know, listen to what they have to say. Talk about it. If not, if you don't talk about it, if you don't ask the Lord to birth it within you, it's just going to be head knowledge. And before you know, you forget it. Um, kind of like things that I studied like maybe 10 years ago. Sometimes I read my journal. I'm just like, eh, when, did I, when did I do this one? You know, so practice, practice, practice. That's a way to retain. That's a way to hold on to what you have learned. So, um, yeah, um, we've gone to the final, 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 final um, of the study foundational series. Um, yeah, some people have questions or comments. So please, Zami, um, confidence. If anybody else has any questions or thoughts or comments, please feel free to mute your mic. So yeah, let's go, Zami. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody in my house has been, and they have been saying that what are we doing? How many hours? Because I've been, <laughs> but then it's, it's been really, really beautiful. Thank you so much. I can see the joy on your face. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> but then I, I, what I wanted to say, I remember when you were talking about informing, um, for me for God, mm-hmm. when we yeah. ask questions and we try to package our questions. I just, I just remember this, um, to love us analogy like people who are truly in love you you mm. don't fall for the person you love now like mm. you you love them because you can be yourself around them 
even when you, maybe some of your friends might need to form and package yourself through class. But when you're in front of somebody you love, you can, let me just say, you can fart. And you, it's just, it's just very, 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 um, very, very open relationship. So there's, you're not packaging anything. You're not, you're not, you're not trying to present yourself as what you're not because you guys know each other. Mm-hmm. Like there's this knowing and there's this loving. So you love them fully because you know them fully. So it's the same thing. That love is like the, the the bedrock of everything that we do. So we are engaging God because we love Him and we have this understanding that He loves us even more. So that's why um, we can seek Him because He's the one seeking us out first. So that's 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 freedom, that intimacy between two lovers. There's no need to hide anything from um, each other because they love each other and they just want to love each other more. Thank you. I love that. This exam, you like love, uh, your wedding day. I will, I will give speech oh and tell God. your husband. <laughs> this girl likes love, way. This exam, me and confidence. When confidence starts to talk about love, confidence, her face should just be, she can even change English. Oh my God. <laughs> when you want to know that confidence is serious, let me just tell you, confidence will not say two. Confidence will say, I want to. Then you know that. Ah, confidence is not joking anymore. <laughs> Once you just enter that, Omo, Infone is out of the window, man. Confidence has entered the zone. She just keep going, keep going. When you are talking about love, you see confidence. You even enter pigeon in the surf. So. Zami, Zami, this Zami, let me tell you, Zami's cluster. Hi. Once I just see Zami's message, it just feels like she's writing love letter. Hi. So the thing about Abba's love, is that hey, sometimes it looks like she's it's like sometimes it looks like she's whispering. The letter sounds like whisper. That's just literally what it is. She not say, I hope this helps. Have a lovely day, everyone. And then okay. not <laughs> is that what you say? I will I will send you a, I will send you I will send you a post from Zami, you see. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Zami. Thank you very, very much. Yeah. Yeah, confidence. Let's hear your love letter. You would understand. Love is sweet. Don't get it. It's Uh sweet. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> oh my <God>. Sorry. <laughs> um okay, um uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. she has entered this too. Please tell her to real. <laughs> what she swallow saliva and say uh-huh. Yeah, go on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling so much. This part of my face is hurting me. I need to stop. It's hurting me. Stop. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. I need to stop smiling. What? The... <laughs> there was a time when I we were, we were about to. Oh. Say, so... 
<laughs> you are about to say something and then I think one of us asked the question and then you forgot about it. So I don't know if you can answer it now or maybe later on the group. You were supposed to, you were about to give us an illustration about dying kingdom come. I it piqued my curiosity <laughs> when you said it so, but you <laughs> didn't get to finish up with that. So maybe if you can do it now or maybe on the group later, I would be really like which one? In terms of dying and the kingdom coming. No, you said there's something about the Jewish customs and why that mm. dying kingdom come statement, where it comes from the... Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Thank thing. you for reminding me. So I was saying that there's something that the... There's something, funny enough, there's something that one of my teachers did one time. So he said something and and I didn't know it. I didn't know the remaining part, right? So... <laughs> I just walked away. In my mind, I said, oh, you talk, I come out. <laughs> and that was the end. But I didn't know that he was actually telling me half of a scriptural text. That when you know the other part of the scripture, is going to give you sense. I don't know if that makes any sense. So, is, so for example, if someone says that kingdom come, right? Because you're familiar with the prayer, you walk away and you actually say that will be done. That word, thy kingdom come, I've said something to you. So let's say you ask me a question and I say thy kingdom come. That's my answer to you. You actually walk away with the other parts that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when you meditate on that text, right, you will get the answer that you're asking or that the answer that you're seeking for. So it's something that, you know, some teachers actually do with their students. They won't give you answer. They will just tell you half of the text and then the other half will give you your answer. So that's what I was trying to say at the time. Yeah. You know, and that's literally what it means. I just, it, 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 she said it to me. I just said, okay, awesome. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> um, when it just dawned on me, what, in fact, let me even be honest. It was when I was, when, um, talking about Lashonara. She's like, yes, that. And then I said, awesome. And then I walked away and I found out, hey, evil mouth. Ah, Jesus. Hey, it wasn't funny again, no. So, yeah, that's what some people actually do with their students. It forces you to actually go back and check. And then when you find the other part, you find the answer to the question. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's very... That's right. It's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, please don't do it to me. I've actually been thinking of it. So <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I do it though. I but that did that lesson actually stopped with me forever. That's why I will never forget Lashonara. I will never forget it. Never forget it in my life. I will never forget it in my life because they slapped me. They beat me. They beat it into my life. They beat me to pop. I say, hey, Jesus. And so even when I'm pissed off and I'm complaining about someone, you know, I always feel very terrible. I say, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I think I'm like the worst person to have a fight with. Because you're pissing me off and I'm saying what you did to me. Then I'll start I'll start crying. I'll say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for saying this thing to you. But I feel so bad. <laughs> Jesus, have mercy on me. But yeah, um, that was a very good lesson that I learned. 
it's very beneficial when you're doing studies, when we're studying, that we, we look at ourselves as a part of the Christocentric lineage. What that is, is because Christ is in, because we are in Christ and is in us. Everything that has been happening in the text, you know, you start to read yourself in the text or the text starts to read you. So you start to see yourself in David, you start to see yourself in Bathsheba, you start to see yourself in Ezekiel, in Isaiah, in Jeremiah, you start to see yourself. Why, why do we all connect so much with Jeremiah? Before I formed you, I knew you. I called you and I made you a prophet. The way we read that text, eh, some people just think this is what God said to me before I was born. Because the truth is, the entire text is, is just this collective people, right? So there are some texts that will actually emphasize on that collective nature that was within Adam even before we were born. And then there are some that will actually, you know, acknowledge that thing about Adam and then the nations coming from the earth. So it's just very... It's all this, um, I would call them, I would call that thing theological, um, expressions. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Eventually it's the Holy Spirit that will share, tell me yeah. what I <laughs> Yeah. Well, with that, with that, with that Adam thing is, you know, all of them is, sorry, let me see this text. It is been that you rise up early and go to rest, eating the bread of ancestors for a gift to his beloved sleep. interesting yeah so i mean there is that 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 thing is just quite extensive it's an extensive conversation but yeah honest funny enough i, I said i was thinking about david and Bathsheba. you guys you people jesus so anyways maybe one day one day one day we will talk about it because <laughs> My dear people in Christ. Eh? I'm telling you yesterday in the middle of the night, in the afternoon. Ha ha. I just, we're buying food. You see why I slapped his shoulders? I say, rookie. He said, what? He said, let me tell you something. <laughs> he said, what? I said, hey, do you know that when soldiers are going to war in the time of David, they divorce their wives? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of coming back so what the Shiva married <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah okay that's why I say maybe someday someday will come <laughs> was she married uh, Yeah. She was, but now there are two things. There are two things. She was not married. And number and treason is punishable by death. And so even David sending him back to the war was mercy. Could have killed him, but he sent him back to war. And with the way things were written in the text, 
if David actually if David actually committed adultery, why is he so extolled? Esther, please, could you go back to when you first started answering that question? You kind of froze and we missed it. It said David and Bathsheba. Bathsheba, her husband divorced her before he went to war, number one. And then number two, the husband committed treason. He ran away from war. He ran away from the war front. That's treason. We even see that in today's military system. If somebody abandons their post, they actually do a court martial. They kill them, you know. Um, and so that's what you did. He ran away from the battlefront. And so David sent him back to the battlefront. Um, this is from David's perspective. Sent him back to the battlefront um, to die as opposed to killing him by himself. But this is, yeah, this is, this is, this is actually, it's, it's still for me. This conversation, when it started, you know, the amongst of us need the most problem. In fact, later on, <laughs> that, like, the real problem that David faced was not even what he did to Uriah. It was what he said by himself to Nathan. It mm. was like, nothing might have happened to him if he did not condemn the the person that Nathan was talking about. Mm. No, the thing is that the thing is that there was already, you know, with the way Nathan painted the picture, right? Sorry, I don't know who has been calling me. I don't know the country. What's plus two one one? I don't know. It was one or something like that. Anyways, yeah. So, see, this thing, just go and, go and search, go and search, like, you know, people living in the people's wives, um, um, I, I just skipped. My apologies. Okay, yes. So, what I, what I am now, what I am currently, what I am currently doing, this is me personally, what I am, South Sudan, 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 Jesus. Yes, please. Eh? Why is Sudan person calling me? Hiya. We need to pray for Sudan. Sudan, mm. Sudan. So, the person is calling me for days now. Have you preached to anybody in that country? Uh, Pakistan and India. Okay. Yeah. So, um, maybe actually. So, what I'm currently doing is I'm now weighing Nathan's. I'm now weighing God's. Um, I'm weighing God's in God's word, um, with David's reality. Um, it's still it's still forming basically, but it's just it's just a question to ask. But it's still forming. So I'm just weighing God's word. Against what, what David did. Because God definitely told Nathan to go with David. And he told David, you know, um, 
So, yeah, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about it. Sha is still farming. Nathan rebukes David. Nathan rebukes David. And I'm still, I'm still farming because in the later part of chapter 11, when Uriah died, you know, it was literally described as Bathsheba's husband. So what I'm just looking at is I'm comparing it with the situation of the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well with Jesus, because that's kind of similar to what happened to her as well. Um, not that her husband died, but then she had a lot of, she wasn't like a prostitute as we've always imagined her to be. Um, but then there was also this case of being divorced by her husband for one reason or the other, by the husband she married for one reason or the other. So I'm now, it's actually now leading me to like the whole legal structure, the legal design of marriage according to the Jewish custom at the time. Um, I did, I tried to do, I tried to, I tried to do a, a study on that um last year um because i was actually just really interested in something that had to do with money um it's it's quite fantastic so yeah i'll actually do that that's this is what i'm going to do now because that's the way this will balance out because when uria dies it says Bathsheba cried for her husband uria that's one. And then when the Lord comes to David and the Lord is talking to David about, I'm sorry, the Lord is talking to Nathan about this thing. One day a guest arrived at the home of a rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock, he took a poor man's lamb, killed it, prepared it for his guest. David was furious. This is not even what it says. And Nathan says, you are that man, the Lord of God, I anointed you. I gave you the master's house and wives and kingdoms. And if that had not been enough, giving me much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this terrible deed? Your mother, Uriah, the Etites, with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. So, yeah, that's Etites, Ammonite sword, Uriah, the Etites, Ammonite sword. And then God still refers to him as the husband of Uriah. So that's literally where it's forming for me. So this is a... I mean, if you want to do a research on it, if you want to do a study on it, um, I'll be more than excited, <laughs> you know, to do that, um, you know, with you, but it's still forming. Well, those are just questions I was asking, um, just questions I was asking, because I've just been thinking about it. Um, the names, the tight, and the ammonite swords, I've actually never really paid mind to this text. In the spring, spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, they will send Joab Israel to fight the Ammonites. Oh, the Ammonites are the enemies. So is it the Ammonite sword? These are questions, shall we? So yeah, I've just been thinking about it, Sha. I just find I found it very, very interesting. Knowing this fact. So against this fact, did David commit a crime? By logic, no. But then with God's God's um explanation of what he did, you know, is still also weighing against what David did and the consequences of what he did. Um these are two very interesting 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 thing this is a this is a wrestling match right here 
and I really want to do it. I want to, it sounds exciting. Yes, Ami? Um, you know, your question is, is interesting because we can, we can weigh David's action against, let's say, the law of the land and the law of God, which is the law of the spirit, is the law of truth. Mm-hmm. Because I was just thinking of, um, for instance, now a country where homosexuality is legal. And mm-hmm. we know that homosexuality contradicts um, uh, the essence of God, what God stands for. So somebody can, can be caught in that and say, oh yeah, I didn't do anything. It's legal in my country. It's not wrong. But then we viewing it in light of God's um, um, system, God's value system, we know that it's wrong. So when now that God sent Nafa to confront baby, like what you said, you said weighing it, yeah. weighing it, you can say, okay, David didn't commit a crime, but God is clearly saying that this is against, it's against the law of love, it's against the law of kindness, it's against the law of mm-hmm. peace, it's against the law of justice, my law, my truth, my system, my order, my kingdom. So not really about what land is or what Caesar says yeah. or what the government is, but what I say, what your king says, what what the Lord says. Yeah. And even like the Lord is unlawful, but not all things are profitable. Exactly. So I, I really love what's happening now. It makes me so happy. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that, <coughs> I think that, um, <coughs> thank you. Yeah, I think, I think that, um, there are so many factors involved in this thing. So many factors, so many, like what David did what God thinks, how Nathan presented it, the Ammonite, I think it's so important, the Ammonite sword, because there are enemies of the Jews, there are enemies of the Israelites. So what is the Ammonite symbolic of? Mm. Now I'm thinking of the Ammonites in the book of Leviticus. In the book of Leviticus, in the book of you guys, hey God! I went to my—I'm so sorry, I'm skipping. I went to my friend's house today. Hey Jesus, she had carrot cake from Salt Lagos. That woman, who is she? I need to—I need to just sit down with her, and I need to have a conversation with her. I need to have a conversation. Just you know, just. Let's need to have a conversation. Let's need to have a conversation with her. You know? Hey, Akik. Jesus. What is going on? Who is she? Hmm. Mommy, have you read about the Ammonites before? Hmm. Ammonites. Ammonites. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
No, I'm just asking. Let me let's go to the Ammonite. Ammonite is in is actually in excess. Ammonite is in stay. You people. Ammonite is in Sodom and Gomorrah. Ammonite is in Genesis. Let's look at Genesis. Genesis 19 verse 37. When the older daughter gave birth, hey, this is, this is it. She gave birth to two children, Moabite and, she gave birth to Moab and Ammon. The Moabite is where Ruth is from. They were the ones that attacked the Jews, seduced them. Women came, they were shaking their body, shaking their body. The men too were shaking their body, following them. Following them to go and bow down to their idols. Just following them to go and die. It's when they did this thing. They followed them, they seduced them. You know, they were, they bowed down to their idols. This was in the book of Leviticus. In the book of Leviticus. They, they bowed down to their idols. They just they shake their body, they shake their body. Follow woman, they went to go and die. And God told Moses, these people, you must pursue them and you must kill all of them. And it's not, obviously, it's not about the Moabites. It's what Moabites signifies. It's seduction and harlotry and idolatry. That is where Ruth comes from. So that's why it was so important that it was documented that Ruth said, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. His brother is Ammon. When the younger daughter gave it to his son, she named him Benami. Hey, God. Do you know the meaning of Benami? Benami is son of my kinsman, like son of my father. Hey, Jesus. He now became the son, the ancestor of Hamor. That's who David now say, take, take my brother, kill him. Hi, Jesus. So I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna do this. This is. Are you seeing what is going on here? Hey. Look at that. And they were virgins. They were virgins. They said they were virgins. They were. That is very important detail. They were virgins. They slept with their father. Mommy, the man did not do it out of his own position. No, they made the Look at these people in the book of Judges, Judges, Judges chapter 5. Judges chapter 5, verse 2. Israel's leader took charge, and the people gladly followed. Hey, you people, you people, the people of Ammonites, the Ammonites, they actually were the ones that hired Balaam. Hey! Ah, problem. Hey! They were the ones that hired Balaam to curse Israel. Mm. Ah! 
Those are the people that David gave, ah, come on, come on, come on. Look at that. As he said, at the sword of the Ammonites, ah, oh, David, the pain wave. Hey! No, sorry, I'm here now. When more they inhabited the country east of Jordan. They are known as, ah. Oh. Ah, ah, this is painful. And literally, their theme, the theme of the Ammonites in scripture is that they were hostile towards the Israelites. Mm -hmm. And they showed no mercy. Mm -hmm. Ah, come on, come on. Generation of Lot. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's such a beautiful, wow, that's so good. Yeah, it was still, did you guys hear what my mom said? She said the generation of Lot was still against the generation of Abraham. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. That's so good. That's so good. Is it it possible to even dive into that whole thing that Nathan said about the ewe lamb? The whole, that gist is still not Mm -hmm. entering my head well. Mm. The only way to juxtapose, have I mean, juxtapose it with another story. You know the way you told us about how um uh the the parable Jesus had told to rile up the um Pharisees, how it came from Isaiah five, yeah, and how that other story could make sense. I just have a feeling that this story about the ewe lamb and the traveler, you know, and not mm. wanting to use his own lamb. I feel like there's a way it would relate to another story. And I think one of the stories that's coming to mind is how when the angels came to visit Lot and mm. the men of the place wanted to take the, 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 um, the traveler, I said, no, take my own daughter. daughter. Mm. That's true. And another thing that I'm also thinking about is Abraham. Remember when Abraham was visited by the angels that he actually killed um, you know, it made a big, a very big feast for the guests. And then he told Sarah to bake bread. And literally, if you actually start to look at the process of, um, baking bread, um, you know, it's a whole lot of, it's a really long process. It's a really, really long process as opposed to outsourcing it or doing something else. Um, yeah, that's actually really true. The Lord sent me, and there were two men in a certain town. One was rich, one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but a little lamb he had bought. He raised that little lamb and he grew up with his children. He ate from the man's own plate and drank from his own cup. He covered it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. One said, for this of killing an animal from his own flock was killed. He took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guests. Hmm. But then if you even look at the Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, they were not necessarily looking for, it was lots that was to make the, um, the sacrifice. And then with Abraham, true, that's nothing, that analogy doesn't fit into this because 
you know so everyone does not um do that yeah that's really i'm thinking about it thank you Good don't night. follow me and i wear you they are just starting their days so <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about Bye. Bye. i called bam in the evening for work bami told me that I said, oh, I'm so sorry. She said, no, don't worry. The day is just starting for me. Just what, like 9, 10 a.m.? It was evening here. I said, what? <laughs> what? This girl there is just, I don't know. And please, please, let's say a prayer. I just remember. Thank you so much, Father, for today. Thank you for the past four weeks. We just pray that everything that you've sown in our heart will bear fruits. will bear fruits. will grow into trees. It will bear good fruits. Um, and they'll feed the nations, they'll feed those around us, Lord. We just ask that you stir the love in our hearts, that it will burn, Lord, and it will keep burning to your glory. Um, thank you so much, Lord. We're so grateful. We're really thankful for consistency, for grace. When this started, it just seemed really stressful, but you gave the grace for this, and we're just saying thank you so much. Um, even as we go to bed tonight, we pray that those that need to wake up early, we just ask for help. We pray that those that those that are not going anywhere, Lord, just pray that you help them sleep well, and then when they wake up, they will not be turning around on the bed all day. Um, we just ask that you give us the strength to do what you need us to do um, quickly. And for those that are just starting out their day, Father, we just ask for wisdom and strength to navigate the day in the name of Jesus. Thank you for everyone that has stayed here up until this time. We know that it's not that by our power, it's not being by our strength, the Lord is being by your might. And it's your spirit that has given us the joy. And we just thank you for joy. Thank you so much for joy. We pray that even as we go to bed, we go to bed with joy. We wake up with joy, we wake up singing, we wake up dancing, we wake up happy. Um, because you've stirred our hearts with your joy. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> I literally saw somebody dancing. I don't know who is, but I saw someone dancing. Just like just dancing, dancing in the ballroom. Um so yeah, I pray that God will fill your heart with joy this week. Um and yeah, especially like I'm so sorry, I didn't see this going this way, but I just feel like the person that was dancing, um, I just hear the Lord saying that you've had a very, very, very long you had a very long week or a very long couple of days um, and just kind of felt like, you know, you found yourself in that space where you were discouraged. Um, what, who is that? Timile. Who is that? Who is that? I don't know who it is, but... I said it's me. It's me. Really. Confidence. Confidence is you. Yeah. We are plenty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We are plenty, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like despite, um, you know, just kind of felt very discouraging. Um, like you actually found yourself being almost being discouraged. Um, yeah. you know, and it just kind of felt like you were asking this question of like, God, um, I really want to serve you, but then why does it feel like I'm wasting my time? Um, but I just see, I just saw that picture, you know, of, of the Lord just dancing with you as 
one will dance with someone in a ballroom and I just heard the Lord saying that he'll fill your heart with joy and you know just dance dance with your lover and just allow him to water you with joy and you know and I also just hear the Lord saying that you're not wasting your time you know you're not wasting your time the Lord says I see you I see you I acknowledge you and I value you even though it doesn't look like that is what is being communicated around you but the Lord says I see you I value you and um you know I value you and I acknowledge you so I just bless you with that um, and I just speak joy to your heart that you wake up tomorrow singing, literally singing. Mm. You wake up actually hearing songs over your heart and over you because heaven is going to sing over you. So um, I just encourage mm. you with that. Um, well done. You're doing an amazing job. You're doing an amazing work and you're doing fantastic in your work with God. Um, so don't be discouraged. Um, you know, just wanted to encourage you with that. Amen. So, uh, good night. Good night. Good night, Esther. It's here, Mama. Sweet sugar princess. Wow. Who, who is that? Is that Miriam? Mm-hmm. Miriam. Good night, sweet sugar princess. Good night. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey God, this cycle will last a lifetime. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Bye. Bye, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.